We are ready to go. It is Wednesday, another Wednesday night Bible teaching, and it's August 23rd, 2023. <clears throat> and we're in Deuteronomy 28. Last Wednesday we left off at 14, and we need to... Uh, you know, be thinking about what we read last week, what the Word of God says, and uh, so we will um, uh, look at what's in 14 before we move on. The first 14 verses are the blessings, but all the rest of 28 is the cursings, and there's way more to it than, than the blessing. So, uh, that means that we need to pay special attention to it because the Holy Spirit has put a lot on this subject and we need to understand why. So let's go to the Lord in prayer before we start in the Word. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. And Father, we ask that you would... Uh, Help us as we go through your word, that we will understand it, that we will be more able to, you know, live this Christian life. Father, there are many things that we come up against. There are many people that are running from you, not wanting to do things your way. And Father, we live with those people. Some of those people are in um, in government, some of those people are in our schools, and Father, as a, as a country, as a state in this United States, as a community within this state, uh, we're affected in all levels because there are so many who are neglecting your ways. And Father, we have... Um, houses of worship that um, are here for a purpose of teaching and preaching your word. And Father, people have abandoned your house. Father, people have not wanted to come together with other believers and, and people are going the way that the nation of Israel went and we See it in your word, Father. And we um, pray for those people and we try to um, have opportunity to, to minister to them, to speak words of wisdom out of your word. And Father, um, you know, we can be disheartened, but we need to know that in the end, we're going to be okay. But Father, until then, there's many innocent people that we are concerned about, that we want to be protected. And Father, you know, we have people in our church that you know, have um, some sicknesses going on right now, uh, whether it be themselves or loved ones. And Father, we want to lift those people up. Father, we want to lift up um, Steve to you and um, things that he's been going through. Father, we want to lift up Karen, who is not feeling well. Father, we want to lift up 
um, my mom, Barbara, that uh, you would, uh, you know, be with her as she's not feeling good tonight. And Father, um, we also want to lift up another Barbara to you that uh, we have not met, but a good friend of Lois's that uh, Lois keeps bringing up from time, you know, time to time uh, different things that she's been going through. And Father, you know her latest um, health problems and we just ask that you would be with her and help her. Thank you, Father, for all your many blessings. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, uh, went to the jail last night for Bible study, and I had missed a couple weeks. I had, uh, we had a council meeting a couple weeks ago, and then we had, then last week I was just, the grass was growing like crazy. I had places that I hadn't gotten to yet, and so I called Cameron and said, can you do two weeks in a row? He said, no problem. So I got caught up on some grass cutting, and then I finally got back last night, and I did some teaching last night. And um, we had a, uh, a man in there. I think, I can't remember his, his name. He had a very long name. It was three names, and they were all very long. He was, he was a Hispanic guy. And he seemed to know a lot about the Word of God. He had a Spanish Bible. And, but he was speaking to us in English, just not a lot, but he, was, he knew enough English to be able to communicate with us. And he's, he's sitting there, and I just noticed they had this Spanish Bible. And at the, at the end of the Bible study, I asked if any of the guys in there wanted to close in prayer. And um, he, he said he could, and he said, is it okay if I, if I pray in Spanish? And we're like, sure. So it was, it was beautiful. I mean, I didn't understand hardly any of it. There was a few words that, that I recognized, um, you know, talking about the Bible, talking about, you know, the name, you know, his name. But it was awesome. And one of the other guys that was in there, he, he, after it was over, he looked over at him. He said, I didn't understand a word of it, but it sounded really good. And then Cameron wanted me to interpret. He said, hey, unknown tongues, now we need an interpretation. So he's looking at me, wanting me to interpret it. I'm like, sorry, I don't have that gift. So my, my gift, hopefully my gift is uh, prophesying, which just means that I speak the word of God. Not that I get anything new. Everything has been given in the word of God. And I don't have anything new to teach you. There are no new doctrines. Now, there may be something that you haven't heard of before, but it's in the Bible. And it might be new to you. But, um, so, we're going we're gonna to continue with Deuteronomy. And this is a long chapter. I don't know how far we're going to get, but... Um, the verse 14 that we left off with last week is a very important one. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. So notice that it says the words. You know, the, these words that are in the Bible we have to understand that these are God's words. The Holy Spirit worked with people that God chose to write 
And many of these people who wrote, they did not know what they were going to write. They just wrote. Um, God told them what to write down, and they did. Whether they understood it or not, they just followed what God wanted them to do. Now, there are all kinds of things throughout the Bible that you may not see that point to why we have the 66 books in this Bible. There are all kinds of clues that are hidden in the Word of God, and that's why we um, accept the 66 books. All of these books are important. They're in our Bibles, and uh, we need to have confidence that it is the Word of God. Now, if we start to uh, drift off of the Word of God to the right or to the left, if we, if we start going the one way or the other, we're going to have problems, and it will lead to serving little g gods in some way, shape, or form. It's going to happen. All right, 15. But it shall come to pass... So, so all of these verses before here talks about obeying, obeying, and what happens when you obey, and there's a whole lot of blessing that goes with it. Well, now we're at the part where if you don't obey... But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice. Notice words in 14, now we have the voice in 15 of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes. So we've got words, we've got the voice of the Lord thy God, and then we have commandments and statutes. Notice which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Notice it's the opposite of how the blessings started. If you obey, these blessings are going to come up on you and overtake you. You can't run fast enough to keep away from a blessing. Well, guess what? You can't run fast enough to get away from the cursings of God. And you're like, God... God curses? No way. He couldn't do that. Oh, yes, he will. In Proverbs 3.33, it says, The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Whether you live in a tent or you don't have a house at all, wherever you lay your head, he will bless you if you're just. And if you... If, if, if you do not, it, it says the curse of the Lord. So yes, he is responsible for this because you have been disobedient. And, you know, if, if chastisement and punishment does not come upon you when you are disobeying the Lord, you're probably not the Lord's. You're probably not a son or a daughter. You know, if... Uh, you know, a father sees another child that's not his doing something wrong, you know, he's not, you know, responsible for that kid because it's not his kid. Now, he still may correct them, but when it's his own child, if he really loves him and he sees him going the wrong way, he is going to step in and he's going to make sure that that child is protected. So this is talking about the nation of Israel which is God's elect. 
He has elected them. They are his people, and he cares about them, and he's provided all this stuff for them. But when they deny him and they do not observe his ways and they're going the wrong way, then he is not going to let them get away with it without consequences. Okay? 16. Cursed shalt thou be. By the way, that's the title of, of, of uh, tonight's message. It's Deuteronomy 28, 15 through who knows where we're going to stop. And it's called, Cursed shalt thou be. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body. Now what is that? That would be your children. And the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kine, which is cows, and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand unto for... This is a hard verse to read. Unto for to do. Until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Notice that you have forsaken him. It's one thing when... Someone is yours, and they just ignore you, and they're neutral. That's one thing. And then there's totally forsaking you, and leaving, and maybe going with someone else. And that's what ends up happening. When you, when you uh, start to ignore God, then you may... Th- be thinking, well, I'm not either, I'm not really for or against, I'm not going after anything bad, but when you start to ignore God, all right, then that could be in not praying, that could be in not reading the Word, that could be in not coming to church and assembling with other believers, that's a person who starts to um, forsake, they're, they're leaving God, okay? So what happens? What happens when we do that? We end up following other gods. We're going to, we, we as humans, we are spiritual people, and we are going to worship something. It may just be ourselves. But then again, it may be some other things that we think we can get um, satisfaction out of and have prosperity in this life. To a lot of people, it is money, the love of money, which is the root of all evil, the love of money. Many people have that as a little g-god. They get their security out of how much money is in accounts and investments and all that thing, and then uh, how many insurance policies they have, and all these things that you can do to preserve yourself instead of looking to the Lord and Him being your all. 
So it's, there's all kinds of things out there that you can, you can go to. Okay, now, all right, where was I at? For, uh, or starting with 21. Okay, so before we go on, I'm going to give you an example of something that happened. Now, this is something that I would normally do on July 4th, and I didn't have time to do it. You, you're, y'all remember what happened on July 2nd. That would have been my 4th of July message, and I had so much to do, and it ended up not being the best service ever, right? Um, <clears throat> so what I normally do on July 4th, I usually mention something about either George Washington or Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin. So I did a, I did a whole Sunday message on the speech that Ben Franklin did that uh, we hear a lot about. So I want to talk about that speech, read some of the words that are in that speech, and this is to show what happens when you start to ignore God. So this is a real, if you haven't, if you've never heard this, most of y'all here have heard this, but there may be one or two that have it. Okay, so this is the famous speech that Ben Franklin did when this country had won its independence and was trying to set up a government. And all of the founding fathers had, had studied ancient forms of government. They had looked all into the past, and then they had looked at modern. Now, this is uh, the late 1700s which at that time, modern governments over in Europe, and they, they were trying to figure out the best government to set up for this new nation, which we call the United States of America. And when all the delegates from all the different states, which was 13 different states that had come together, and they all were sending representatives, and they could not get anything accomplished. It was a very bad scene, and people were getting very discouraged. That's what happened. So Ben Franklin, now George Washington was the person who was over the delegation. He was the one that was presiding over it. Ben Franklin was the eldest person there. I think he was 80, 81 years old, and, uh, which was really, really, for that time, to make it that age was very impressive. <clears throat> the, I think the average lifespan back then was probably 35. But, you know, that's a little skewed because I would like to see what's the average lifespan after reaching a certain age. But they figured everybody in, so there was a lot of infants that died. So that brought the average way down. But if you got to a certain age, then you were much more likely to live uh, longer. But anyway, he said, Mr. President, he's, all right, Ben Franklin, he, he prepared speeches and would give them to someone else to read for him. That's what he normally did. So there was a whole lot of fighting amongst the, the people in the delegation, and he just stood up and started speaking. And, they, and you, 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 know, you, you had a secretary. You had somebody who wrote down everything that was being said. And that's pretty impressive. You know, some of the, when you go back and you look at the King James Bible translators, there was 47 of them over in England. 
and the, the amount of foreign languages that they knew, and they knew Greek and they knew Hebrew, they were brilliant. And some of our founding fathers were really good at knowing other languages. They would read their Bibles all the way through and then read them again. They had a big-time Bible knowledge, and they were um, way smarter than what you might think. <clears throat> you can go back and try to take an exam from the eighth grade back in their time, and we would, none of us would pass it. We would fail miserably. He said, Mr. President, the small progress we have made after four or five weeks, close attendance and continual reasonings with each other, our different sentiments on almost every question, several of the last producing as many no's as a's, is, methinks, a melancholy proof of the imperfection of the human understanding. They, were, they had got to the point where they were trying to, uh, it was man's ideas. Thinking, of, you know, man, 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 what are man's ideas? And he said, I think that's our problem, is what he was saying. He said, we indeed seem to feel our own want of political wisdom. Since we have been running about in search of it, we have gone back to ancient history for models of government, and examine the different forms of those republics which, having been formed with the seeds of their own dissolution, now no longer exist. So he was making a point that, look at all of the governments, all of the empires in the past that we can look to, no matter how great they became, none of them are around anymore. Think about that. Why? because they didn't involve God, for one. And we have viewed modern states all around Europe and find none of their constitutions suitable to our circumstances. In this situation of this assembly, groping as it were in the dark, now that's a Bible verse that he's quoting from, to find political truth and scarce able to distinguish it when presented to us, how has it happened, sir, that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of lights, which is another scripture reference out of James, <clears throat> to illuminate our understanding. In the beginning of the contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayer in this room for divine protection. Our prayer, sir. Now, just think about Ben Franklin has stood up, and he's looking at George Washington, and he is talking to him. And all those other men are sitting around listening to what he's saying. He said, our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. To that kind providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national 
felicity. And people say we should separate church and state. We should separate religion from our government. Well, that's what got them in trouble. They had started, they had started to forget about God. After God had brought them through the Revolutionary War against great odds, and they saw all these miracles happen, and now they're trying to get this country started with the government, and now they have forgot about him, and they start wondering why they're having such a problem. And have we now forgotten, back to reading his, his uh, speech, and have we now forgotten that powerful friend, capital F, friend, probably he's pointing up toward the sky, or do we imagine we no longer need his assistance? I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth that God governs in the affairs of men. Another, you know, scripture. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, that's scripture, it is probable that an empire, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Another scripture. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his con concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Another scripture. We shall be divided by our partial local interest. Our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and byword, another scripture, down to future ages. And what is worse... Mankind may hereafter, from this unfortunate instance, despair of establishing governments by human wisdom and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessing on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business and that one or more of the clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that service. <clears throat> and people were very noticeably moved by that speech. George Washington was glowing, had a big smile on his face. There were delegates that immediately wanted to bring it up and vote it in. Do I have a motion that we do this? Do I have a motion that we bring in so-and-so? Can we? And they, and they got it done right away. Ben Franklin woke them up as to why they were struggling, and it was because they were forgetting to include God into everything you do. Everything. And he, he did not prepare this. It wasn't written down. He got up and spoke it from the heart. And he used, I think it was 11, 12, 13 different Bible references in that speech. <clears throat> if I can find that notebook, I got, them all, I got them all listed out and where they are in the Bible. 
And like I said, I preached on that a long time ago. <clears throat> so there's an example of this country that we live in, and we have, we have made it, as far as the number of years this country's been established, uh, longer than a lot of other nations and, and uh, empires in the past, but it's because we have held the Bible as you know, our guidebook. We have prayed to God. We, we've had presidents over the many, many years of this nation that would come on the radio and later onto the TV and would pray to God in, in very stressful situations when we were sending our young men into war and, he, and the president would, would, was not ashamed to pray to God in front of the whole nation. We had uh, presidents pro, you know, have proclamations of days of fasting and shutting school. You know, now we'll shut all the schools and churches and businesses down for a disease, but back then they would shut everything down in the middle of the week for a day of fasting and prayer. Think about a, a political leader today requesting that. It would just blow your mind. So look at all the, uh, all the things that happen when you start to leave God out and you do not hearken unto the voice of the Lord. 21 of Deuteronomy uh, 28, verse 21. The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he have consumed thee from off the land whither thou goest whither thou goest to possess it so they haven't even made it there yet they haven't even gone into the promised land yet this is the nation of Israel right and he's saying look there's going to come a day if you neglect me if you don't hearken to my voice then this land that is promised to you you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption and with a fever and with an inflammation. You're going to need, they're going to need some relief factor. And with an extreme burning and with the sword and with blasting and with mildew and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. All right, so, so I think that's talking about drought, and there, it, the things are going to harden up in the atmosphere, which means that the ground under your feet will be like iron. Instead of saying uh, the ground is hard as a rock, start saying it's hard as iron. But that's what the Bible says. The Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. So instead of rain falling down on you, it would be the dust. Now we've seen that. We've, uh, well, we've, we know of it. In the 30s, you know, people are complaining about how hot it is right now and how we've never seen anything like this before. Well, they're lying to you. All you got to do is go back into the uh, history of weather in this country and go back to the 1930s and do some reading about the Dust Bowl. You know, the dust from the, from the middle of the country ended up here. 
we had some of the worst hurricanes ever back in the 30s. And people want to say that all this stuff is new and it's never been this bad. They're lying to you. It's just that simple. They're lying to you. <clears throat> and if they would uh, turn to the, to the Lord, maybe things would get a little better. But these things happen to those who don't hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. Notice that's, a, that's the opposite of what we read over in the, in the first part of this chapter last week. And shalt be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. Now, that is what's going to happen. I mean, you know, it, it did happen, but I'm saying from this point of the Bible, uh, this is going to happen to the nation of Israel. They're going to be removed to all kingdoms of the earth. And thy carcass shall be meat unto all the fowls of the air and unto the beast of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. They're, they're, not, they're not going to shoo off or you know, scare off the birds and the beasts that are going to be eating you. You know, <clears throat> this would be really troublesome for a Jew because, you know, to just imagine their bodies laying on the ground and nobody taking care of it, nobody giving them a proper burial. <clears throat> but that's what's going to happen to them, and it does happen to them. Uh, whether it be the Babylonians coming, whether it be the Romans in AD 70, their carcass, carcasses laid on the ground or hung on trees until the birds and the beast ate them. Those things happened. Uh, 27, the Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the emeralds and with the scab. Now, uh, emeralds, that's, I've got a couple different definitions. Again, you know, when you study this stuff, one place will tell you this is what it means and another place will tell you that's what it means but I'll let you do that research. It's not pleasant either way. And with the scab and with the itch, that sounds bad, whereof thou canst not be healed. These things you just can't be healed by. Uh, you, of. The Lord shall smite thee with madness. Now that is insanity. And I, you know, I, when I started talking about the insanity that we're seeing in our country right now, and, and that little thing I went off on last week, this is what I was referring to, because I knew this was coming up. But that, is, that, is, that madness right there is people losing their minds. And there's no other way to explain some of the crazy stuff that's happening other than the Lord is turning them over to madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build an house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt, plant, thou shalt plant a vineyard, 
and shalt not gather the grapes thereof. Uh, this is sounding like, you know, they've already been told, you're going to go into this promised land, and you're going to have grapes and vineyards that you didn't plant. You're going to have houses that you didn't build. Sound familiar? Well, now they're being told the same thing is going to happen to them that happened to the people that they're going into to take from them. All the Canaanites are going to be pushed out, and they're going to take over all these things, but there's going to come a time when the same thing is going to happen to them because they're disobedient. Thine ox shall be slain before thine eyes, and thou shalt not eat thereof. Thine ass or donkey shall be violently taken away from before thy face, and sh shall not be restored to thee. Thy sheep, sheep shall be given unto thine enemies, and thou shalt have none to rescue them. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given unto another people, and thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all the day long, and there shall be no might in thine hand. So you, you will have no way of going after them and rescuing them. Now, I mean, just imagine your, your kids being taken from you, and you can't do anything about it, and how sad you would be. Now, that makes me think, um, all right, we're at 33. Okay, this, the, the Sound of Freedom movie. I don't know if you've seen it yet. It is one of the best movies ever, okay? Now, there's a popular football player that I can't say his name. I think he is he from Hawaii, uh, plays for Miami, uh, Tua. Yeah, Joseph can say his name just like that. I can't. Uh, he played for Alabama his quarterback, now he's in the NFL, and he was talking about him and a bunch of teammates had gone out and had a movie day, and they watched different movies, and one of the movies they went to see was, the, is it The Sound of Freedom? Yeah, The Sound of Freedom. Now, that's the one Jim Caviezel stars in, and it's a true story. It is a true story. Uh, some conservative talk show type people uh, and, and their, their uh, listening audience actually donated money to fund the actual mission that went and saved all these little kids out of sex traffic down in South America. <clears throat> and there are all kinds of people who are criticizing this movie. I mean, so when Tua talked about how it was such an awesome movie and everybody needs to see it. He came under attack from people in the media, different organizations attacked him. And he's probably like, what? How could, how could anybody be against making everybody aware of what's happening with little children all over the world? Why wouldn't you want to go save these little kids? And th it, these people who are criticizing him and criticize that movie, I would love to talk to them. I want to ask them some questions. But just imagine your, any of your kids being taken. You know, that movie opens up with, with uh, a man who... You know, they're, they're poor. They're, they, they struggle. 
in these, in these countries down in South America, in, in, in Central America. And they were being taken advantage of and lied to and tricked. And the kids were, that were taken. And then he had no way of knowing where they were, no way of going and finding them. And it took a very dedicated man who lived in America that had a family with a bunch of kids, and he, his heart was broken after meeting this man who lost his kids, and he risked his life, he lost his career, and he went to a place and rescued kids that weren't even his own. And that's, that's a person who fears God and has a love for people that aren't even his own. And it's just an amazing story. It's a very true story. And they made a movie out of it. And the movie sat for five years before it was ever put on the big screen. And the devil was trying his hardest to keep that movie from making it to the big screen. Satan is behind that. All right. 33. The fruit of thy land and all thy labors shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up, and thou shalt be only oppressed and crushed always, so that thou shalt be mad for the sight of thine eyes which thou shalt see. The Lord shall smite thee in the knees and in the legs with a sore botch that cannot be healed from the sole of thy foot unto the top of thy head. The Lord shall bring thee and thy king, which thou shalt set over thee, unto a nation which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, and there shalt, there shalt thou serve other gods, wood and stone. And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations, whither the Lord shall lead thee. So the Assyrians came and attacked the ten tribes in the northern kingdom in 722 B.C., carried them all away. Then the Babylonians showed up to uh, the kingdom of Judah in 606 B.C., and then again came and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in 586 B.C. So this all comes true, 38 Thou shalt carry much seed out into the field, and shalt gather but little in, for the locust shall consume it. Okay, so you've got all of these diseases um, right before this. Before that, you had others coming in and stealing things from you, whether it be your livestock, your wives, or your children. So you've got just mean men coming and just stealing things from you. Then you've got all of these uh, diseases, and then you have drought, and you have, now, now you have a uh, pest. Just all these things that will just eat up your crop. You, you do all the, you put up walls to protect yourself, you put up fences to keep uh, certain things out, and then all these little critters that just come in and fly in. I mean, if you think that you can, you can protect yourself, 
God will send something that you can't see. It, it'll come right down to a disease that you can't stop. So in 38, thou shalt carry much seed out into the field, and thou shalt gather but little in, for the locust shall consume it. Thou shalt plant vineyards and dress them, but shalt neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. Thou shalt have olive trees throughout all thy coast, but thou shalt not anoint thyself with the oil, for thine olive shall cast his fruit. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. All thy trees and fruit of thy land shall the locusts consume. The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee. Now this is the opposite of uh, verse, um, what was it? I can't remember which verse it was, but over here, in the first part, it talks about how you will be the lender and that uh, you won't be, you will not borrow, but you will lend. But over he here, it says that he will lend to you and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head and thou shalt be the tail. And uh, that's what we read over here in the first 14 verses. The opposite is going to happen. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. Now notice that's how it started out. Verse 15 and verse 45 say the same thing. So we'll stop there, and we'll pick up at 46 next week. That's a lot of verses. But you can read from 15 to 45. This seems like a lot, but you can do that in five and a half minutes if you just sat down and read the Word of God. Just sit down and read it, five and a half minutes is all it takes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that we will be a people who will hearken unto your voice, that we will listen, that we will want to do those things that please you. Father, that we will not forget about you and leave you out of anything in our life, that we will remember you in everything. Father, we know you care about us, and if we are believers, and we are truly your sons and daughters, we know that you will chastise us, and Father, you're very good at that. And Father, we should have a very healthy respect for you and a fear of you. Father, you love us, and you will discipline us. And Father, we just thank you for always being there. And Father, I just pray that we would be there for you as well. In Christ's name we pray, amen.